Well, hey everyone and welcome to our Book of Acts video devotional series. We are on day number 23. Wow. And for those of you who have tuned in for all the previous 22 days, keep going and welcome to episode 23, day 23 for today, Wednesday, May the 20th, 2020. And as usual, I encourage you to share this feed uh, with your friends and uh, with your not-so-friends. <laughs> and uh, people are hunting around on the internet looking for interesting content. And I think there are very few people who are going through the Bible's book of Acts uh, in the New Testament. All right, We're doing this all month long until the 31st of May. That's a Sunday. And on that day we are going to have a little quiz. And so if you have the internet in your house or wherever you are, and ideally two uh, devices, one to connect to a Zoom call where we will uh, go through the questions on uh, a platform called Kahoot, and another where you will answer them like a little joystick. Uh, the winner of this quiz, which is based on the Bible's book of Acts, is going to have a brand new iPad shipped to their house from me, okay? So uh, keep tuning in, and of course, uh, that just makes it a little more fun, but uh, this is life-changing content because you see in the book of Acts how people, real people, lived under circumstances of constant crisis, we're living through a crisis that has uh, moved into three months now, uh, but this is really um, minimal uh, compared to what they experienced in the book of Acts. Uh, right now, we are in chapter 14 of the Bible's book of Acts, and this is at least 14, 15 years after the death and resurrection of Jesus. We know this from the death of Herod Agrippa I, uh, which happened in 44. I checked that date for you, those who've been watching. Uh, he reigned from 41 to 44 and, uh, and uh, died in the year 44 under some really odd circumstances uh, that you can read about in the book of Acts and also in the secular history books. So we're in chapter 14 of the book of Acts, and we're picking up the ministry of Paul, and Barnabas to both Jews and non-Jews or Gentiles. And here they are in Iconium, and they typically start in the synagogues with mostly Jewish people, but some God-fearing Gentiles. And these are people who would adopt uh, the God of the Jews and the practices in the, in the, the, the Old Testament, specifically the Torah, and uh, they would effectively become like Jews. And so this was the audience in a, in a typical synagogue. And we're told that Paul and Barnabas were so effective that a great number of Jews and Greeks believed. But again, you have persecution. There's a group of Jews who refuse to believe. We see this over and over again. And we must understand that this is not all the Jews. Uh, uh, this is a group of them. And that Again, the movement uh, started solely with Jewish people and then expanded, as we've been seeing in our study here in the book of Acts. Um, and so th this is just worth repeating over and over again, because there are Jewish people today who say that the book of Acts is anti-Jewish, that the New Testament is anti-Jewish. Nothing could be farther from the truth. 
Uh, Jesus himself was Jewish. All these people who uh, start in the early church are Jewish. Paul's Jewish. Peter's Jewish. I mean, most of them are, except for Luke, who's a, a Gentile physician. Uh, John is Jewish. I mean, the whole thing is a Jewish movement, but it's different. They're talking about Jesus as being God in the flesh. This would be offensive to some. Uh, They're talking about his resurrection from the dead, him being the Messiah. This would be offensive to some. They're talking about being justified through faith in Jesus and not through all of the things that you see in the Mosaic law. It becomes uh, uh, passe, as it were. And so this is offensive. And so you have this constant kind of persecution from some, not all, and, uh, and this carries its way through the book of Acts. Incidentally, even today, um, while we're on the subject, uh, there are many Jews who live under the presupposition that Christians hate them. And this is because of much propaganda over uh, hundreds of years where there were indeed some people who call themselves Christians who tried to paint uh, Jews as Christ killers and therefore these supposed Christians would therefore turn and kill them or force them to convert to Jesus or be killed. Uh, this is goes right up to the modern era and we see this even even today in some of the, the uh, anti-Semitic violence. Uh, even the, the Nazis did this. They had all kinds of propaganda that painted Jewish people as evil Uh, And with regard to religion, that they were Christ killers, and that's why the Nazis were uh, annihilating them. This is completely false. This is completely unbiblical, this notion that uh, Jews are Christ killers, okay? So just be careful of this as you read the New Testament and the book of Acts. In particular, those of you who may be Christians who are watching this, and you may have conversations with Jewish people all the time, okay? So um, we keep going here, and we see this, this persecution develop and you've got some jewish people who are trying to stir up other gentiles and and it says poison their minds against paul and barnabas but they spend considerable time there they're speaking boldly for the lord my volumes are good good sorry just checking and there's even signs and wonders that are happening there through the hands of paul and barnabas the city is divided some side with his group of Jews who are against them, some side with them. And there's a plot uh, to mistreat Paul and Barnabas and stone them, but they find out about it and they run to the Lycaonian cities of Lystra and Derby. You have to go find a map online of uh, first century Roman Empire and see what we're talking about there in terms of the span that these people traveled. It's quite vast. Um, And there they go and preach. Now, just a little lesson from this. They didn't stay there uh, to to be persecuted. They found out there was a plot, maybe a plot to to take their lives, and they run. Uh, That's not a lack of faith. That's just wisdom. Um, and sometimes we need a little dose of that, right? So in, in Lystra and Derby, there, there we run into a man, uh, specifically in the city of Lystra, and he is disabled from birth. We've seen this before, right? Acts chapter 4, we have a man healed publicly who's disabled from birth. Paul is preaching. Paul looks at him, and he, he uh, speaks to him and says, Stand on your feet. 
simple statement, and the man is dramatically, miraculously healed in public, right in front of everybody. And you've got a bunch of non-Jewish people here, and they think that they are that Paul and Barnabas are gods. And so they call Barnabas Zeus, and they call Paul Hermes after uh, these gods. And uh, the priest of Zeus, we're told here, whose temple was just outside the city, uh, brought bowls and wreaths to the city gates because he and the crowd wanted to offer sacrifices to Paul and Barnabas. I mean, they are in foreign territory. They are in non-Jewishville, and uh, they've just done something miraculous. The people think that they're deities. And, of course, Paul and Barnabas reject this, and they say, we too are human just like you, but we're bringing you the good news, telling you to turn from these worthless things to the living God. Turn from your idols into the living God who made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything that is in them. And so showing God as the creator. In the past, he let nations go their own way, yet he has not left himself without testimony. Interesting here, he has shown you kindness by giving you rain from heaven and crops in their seasons. He provides you with plenty of food, fills your hearts with joy. So Paul Barnabas appealing to God as creator for these Gentiles to understand. But even so, many of them ignore this and they keep sacrificing animals to them as if they're some kind of gods. And then you have a group of Jewish people from Antioch and Iconium who come over there and win this crowd over. Bedlam ensues. Paul is nearly executed. He's stoned and dragged outside the the city and left for dead incredible uh, and what they must have done to this man um, and this just comes up in one sentence in the book of Acts but after the disciples had gathered around him he went he went, got up and went back into the city the next day he and Barnabas left for Derby a few things here was Barnabas stoned as well we're not sure uh, why would Paul and Barnabas, on the one hand, flee from one area when there was a persecution, but here Paul is stoned and left for dead, and he goes right back into the city? Why? We don't know. And uh, just it, it, there's no commentary from Luke on this, so we can't we can't make assumptions. Um, but perhaps he felt like his time wasn't done there. Perhaps he uh, he felt like God would protect him perhaps he just was going to do it it's very hard to to figure out but sometimes life is like that and uh, we have these unanswered questions and so they head to um, Derby and they preach the gospel in that city we're in verse 21 of chapter 14 and they went over a large number of peoples and then people and then they go back to Lystra, Iconium and Antioch. Okay, so you say, "Wow, why are they doing this? Where where are these decisions coming from?" Again, no commentary from Luke. Perhaps they felt prodded uh, by God to do this, but they go to to strengthen the people, to encourage them and tell them we must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. And so they appoint leadership there. Um, they commit these people to the Lord, and then they travel some more. Pisidia, Pamphylia, Perga, Italia, and they keep going, and they keep moving forward. And so what do we learn from all this? Um, these, these people 
in spite of its, its almost relentless attack. And it's coming from different sources, um, but it's relentless attack. I mean, imagine a man stoned, and we're talking stoned, like thrown big stones at you. We've talked about this in the stoning of Stephen, what that was like. They'd throw the people into a pit and drop these stones on them. Um, and so you have a man who's, who's left for dead, and he relentlessly continues to preach Barnabas is with him. They don't stop. They keep strengthening the people. They keep building disciples. They keep appointing leadership. They revisit places where they were persecuted. I mean, what is driving that? We're talking about 14, 15 years since the death and resurrection of Jesus. There must be something very powerful in these men's lives that they would do this over and over and over again, their own lives being secondary to them. And so great lesson for us to learn there is that when you embrace the gospel and when uh, God gets a hold of your life and when you're filled with the power of the Spirit, there is that kind of relentless compulsion to share the good news of Jesus and the forgiveness of sins with all who you come in contact with. It's a, it's a, we used to use an old word, a burden that you have. And um, may that be true of us again, uh, even in this time, uh, you know, 20 centuries later, 21 centuries later, where we live through this global uh, pandemic time. Uh, if we truly call upon the name of Christ, may there be that that sense of drive to to continue to spread the message of God's love, even in difficult circumstances and opposition and crisis. So God bless you again. Uh, when you hear this feed, share it, share it, share it, and we'll track again tomorrow as we continue together.